Amen. So we're in week seven of our series, A Better Way. We're taking negative traits and finding out what the better way is from the scriptures. And today we are going to deal with this, complaining. Do we have any complainers here? Okay, uh, complaining. Now, I want to start off by talking about kind of two extremes that we see uh, when it comes to complaining. The first one I'm going to categorize as the teenage complaint, okay? I'm not knocking on teenagers. We've all been there. Some of us are still complaining like a teenager, which is a whole other issue. But here's the thing. Most of our lives, people did everything for us. And then we become teenagers, and this big transition happens, right? You're expected now to do things that you never had to do in the past because somebody else, your parents, did those things for you. So the teenage complaint goes like this. I can't believe I have to do this. Okay, I can't believe I have to do this. Really? You expect me to do this now? Or this is my favorite. I can't do that. I'm just a kid. Okay? And some of you parents, the wise parents out there, filed that, right? And said when they want to do something you don't want them to do, right? What do you say? You're just a kid, remember? Um, so here's the thing. No offense to any teenagers. We've all been there. But those complaints are kind of one extreme. Like you're looking at life and saying, I can't do this or I can't be expected to do this. But these are things that are reasonable and you're expected to do eventually in life. The other extreme is the grumpy old person complaint. Are you familiar with the grumpy old person complaint? These complaints focus on things and situations around you that have no real connection to you. You see things in the world and you offer up your complaints. It's kind of like a pastime, right? You see things in the world, they have no connection to you, but you offer up your complaints. For example, what's wrong with these kids? They wear ripped jeans. So who cares, right? Does it bother you? Who cares? Like, it has nothing to do with your life. Or people are crazy. They don't use money. They do everything on their phone. Who cares, right? <laughs> Who cares? Why do you have to spend time complaining about those things? So these complaints are an extreme form of complaining because it's complaining for the sake of complaining. You're just evaluating the world and saying, I'm going to complain about this. So no offense to any grumpy old people. The good news is now you have something to complain about. I called you a grumpy old person. Okay? <laughs> so no one wants to be around a complainer, right? Can we agree with that? No one wants to be around a complainer. In fact, the Proverbs in wisdom, Solomon said, it is better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Quarrelsome or complaining. And some of you guys are like, man, the Bible is so relevant. Um, <laughs> So here's the thing. No one wants to be around the uh, complainer. Uh, the Christian author and speaker Zig Ziglar said it this way. Be grateful for what you have. Stop complaining. It bores everyone else. It does you no good, and it doesn't solve the problems. So the complaining today that I want to focus in on, I want to focus in on those two extremes. What I want to focus in on is what I call the average complaint. That's where we kind of all live, right? In the average complaints. Pretty much any of us can fall into the trap of complaining about our life situation and the things that directly or maybe ind indirectly impact us. So let's look at some of the common areas that you and I might be tempted to complain in. And the first is work. Okay? Some of you can issue some complaints about your job, right? They say the average person likes 70% of their job 
and dislikes 30% of their job. It likes 70%, dislikes 30%. So if this is you, don't complain. You're average, right? Okay? You're average. So a few things we know about work from the scriptures are that we were created to work. Do you realize when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he told them to tend or work the garden. So when they sinned, what happened was the curse was that work would be difficult. So now we can look at that 30% of our jobs that we might not like, and we could realize those are the hard things, those are the sin curse things, and basically we can look and say, okay, I've kind of expected this. But the 70% that you actually do like, that's where you find some fulfillment, enjoyment. You see the benefit of what you're doing. When you go there every day, you're like, okay, this is why I do what I do. So now let's take the 30%. If we take the 30%, does complaining about the 30% to others make that 30% better? Anyone? Does complaining about it make that 30% better? I would argue that if you spend most of your time at work complaining about the 30%, all of a sudden the 70% that you liked that you found fulfillment in, that you realized why you were there, that you found benefit in, all of a sudden it mars that 70%, this, the, the stuff you're supposed to actually like. So what do we do? Well, Paul says it this way. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So now as believers at work, when everyone else is complaining, we need to be the ones that aren't. As a Christian, right, we need to be the ones that aren't complaining. Now, next, you might be tempted to complain about people. Anybody complain about people? Friends, family members, coworkers, whoever is in our lives. We all have people in our lives that might annoy us a little bit, might be a little bit difficult to deal with. And one of the ways we've learned to cope with those people is we complain to ourselves, maybe, or we complain to others about them. Sometimes we feel like this helps. If I complain, it's getting it off my chest. I need to do this. It's therapeutic for me. I need to complain. But the question I have to ask you is this. Is it really helping or solving the problems? And I would say probably not. If you're just sitting around complaining about the people around you, it's probably not helping. Actually, here's what it does. When we complain about others, it fosters bad and negative attitudes in us. Remember we talked about that in week two, about not being negative? So now here's what happens. When we see that person that we've been complaining about or we have complaints about, what happens is now we just see those complaints. We just have this negative feeling about them. So, you know, they, they might have a specific relationship in our life, whether it's coworker, friend, family member, but now we can't even really look at them the way we should be looking at them. We look at them as the complaints. We look at them negatively. So does that help? No, it actually fosters more bitterness, anger, resentment, all those things. So when we complain about people the next thing that really can happen is this. Not only now do we see the negative, if we start complaining about other people to other people, here's what it does. It actually can damage their reputation. Have you ever done that before? Well, I just have to tell you this. This person is really annoying, or this person has done this, or this person has done that. And now, all of a sudden, if you complain to people that actually trust you, they believe you even if your complaints are not true. 
But let's just say, for argument's sake, your complaints are true. So you feel justified in those complaints. So now you've taken your complaints about one person and given those complaints to somebody else. Yeah, they're true, they're valid, that person did that or is whatever. But now all of a sudden you've taken the liberty to go and make that person negative about the first person with your complaints. Now let me ask you a question. Is that fair to do to other people? You might feel like you're justified in doing it, but it really isn't fair. The third thing it really does is this, it damages our testimony, okay? It makes us negative, it can damage the reputation of the other person, but it can really damage your own Christian testimony. When we are people complaining about other people, when we're believers complaining about other people, basically what happens is this, people start to see us and who we really are and what our complaints are. And they look at us and they might even say, oh yeah, you know what, that person does have a good reason to complain, but they also tell me about Jesus. They also say they're a Christian. They also, shouldn't there be something that they're, this, shouldn't this be something that they're not doing? And then, not only that, they'll also start to figure out if you're the type of person that's complaining about them or complaining about another person, you're gonna be the type of person that will eventually complain about them. So it damages your testimony. So here's what James says. He says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Now, I think the reason James says it like this is because he wants to remind the believers, ultimately, God is the judge. So you might have a valid complaint about somebody else, and guess who they have to answer to? They have to answer to God. They don't necessarily have to answer to you all the time, but they do have to answer to God. So James is saying, hey, listen, don't grumble and complain about each other. God is their judge. God is their judge. You may complain about people close to you, right? Anybody complain about people close to you? Maybe they're family members. Have you ever agreed to host something at your house and after the whole thing you just ended up complaining? Anyone? Any hosts out here? We'll host this year, right? Here's, here's what the Bible says. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, so if you're the person that opens up your home and then complains about what everybody did at your home, you got to get this taken care of. Thanksgiving is coming, right? So, but think about it. Think about, you know, you in that situation. You opening up your home and then complaining about it. It almost cancels out the hospitality that you've offered. And that's why Peter says that. So now the next thing, so we might complain about work. We might complain about people. The next thing, which is kind of a strange thing to complain about, but we do it all the time because we live in America, and that is this. Blessings from God. Sometimes we complain about the blessings that God has blessed us with. It's strange, but we do it. God blesses us with so many things, and guess what? We find things about those things to complain. Now, this has got to be very annoying to God because he's like, oh, here's a blessing. Oh, you didn't like it? What, what's wrong with you, okay? So here's the thing. The Israelites did this. You know, way back when, the Israelites did this. God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. They complained. God fed them manna from heaven because they were hungry, and what did they do? They complained. So in Psalm 106, 25, it says this. They murmured in their tents and did not obey the voice of the Lord. 
Don't we do that sometimes? We murmur. We complain about the things that we have. God blesses us with children. We complain about them. God blesses us with money. We complain it's not enough. God blesses us with possessions. We complain when we have to take care of those things or fix those things when they break. God blesses us with work. We complain about it. The list can go on and on, right? You look at your life and you have so many blessings, but attached to those blessings, you might add complaints. You might add complaints. So I, I, I know for me personally, anytime I catch myself thinking a complaint or maybe even complaining a complaint like that, I always say to myself, first world problems. First world problems. I live in the greatest country in the world and I've been blessed with so many things. And now all of a sudden, I'm complaining. We live in 2023, the greatest country. We have all our needs met. We live in a place where if we have a health problem, we have amazing doctors that God has blessed us with to help us with those health problems. We have technology that makes life easy. People around us that love us. People that we love. And yet we still seem to find something to complain about. It's tough, isn't it? And we do it. But finally, the way we might be tempted or we might be tempted to complain about is bad situations. We've all found ourselves in bad situations. Some of those bad situations are self-inflicted. You know, we made, for lack of better terms, dumb decisions, and now we're paying for those things. We're so upset with ourselves because we made that decision, and we might even complain in our heads. We might even complain to other people about the bad decision or the self-inflicted thing that's happening to us. But sometimes those bad situations are inflicted by others, right? People in your life did something. You didn't choose this path, but they did something. And now all of a sudden you find yourself in this kind of series of complaints about them and what they did. But do you know, sometimes we're in bad situations and they're not self-inflicted and they're not other inflicted. They're just bad situations, right? They're just bad situations. Those are the ones that not only are we tempted to complain about, but we're also tempted to blame God to complain and blame God for what we're walking through. Now, Micah chapter 6, God had it with the complaints of the people, and he's sick of being blamed. So the prophet Micah asks him, he says, you know, what do you want me to do on behalf of the people, God? The prophet was like a representative of God's people, and he goes, what do you want me to do on behalf of these people? Do you want sacrifices? Do you want offerings? Do you want my firstborn? What can I do to make amends for this? And this is what God says. He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So in some senses, God is saying, tell the people, stop complaining, focus in on justice, kindness, and humility. In other words, react in a godly way to whatever situation that you are in and don't complain. React in a godly way to whatever situation you're in and don't complain. Now, the Apostle Paul, 800 years later, he was no stranger to bad situations. Many of you know that as we study through Acts and we're, we start, we're getting back there in the fall, but we see Paul, you know, he gets beaten, thrown in prison, run out of town. At this point, he's actually in prison and this is what he says. 
He says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul's saying, listen, I could complain about whatever situation I'm in. This situation, I could clearly complain. I could be justified in that complaint. I'm sitting in prison, but I've learned to be content. And he says the secret of his contentment is finding strength in Christ. So what do we need Jesus to give us strength to do? Well, what I want to suggest to you, it's follow the better way. Instead of complaining, I want you to follow the better way. In fact, there's actually two, and we're going to start. The first one is perspective. Many times we complain because we've lost our perspective. We complain because we've lost our perspective. Job, everybody knows about Job, right? In the Old Testament, the man who lost everything, except his wife, okay? Job was a man that suffered much loss. And when this happened, this is what his wife said. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So basically, Job's wife was basically saying this, blame God, okay? Blame God. This is his fault. Essentially, she was saying, turn your back on God. This God, he's really done nothing for you. In fact, he's done evil to you. But when we're going through a difficult situation, we can start to understand how some people can feel like this, right? Because think about this. I mean, we look at Job's wife and we're like, what a foolish wife. But she went through it too, right? She lost her kids too. She lost her stuff too, okay? Job was the epicenter, really the, the, the subject of the book in a sense. But Job's wife was right there with him. So we can kind of understand this trap that she fell in of complaining because everything stinks now. And now she's complaining. But our perspective needs to be that of Job. Now, Job here, I don't want you to like, like drop anchor on a theology based upon this verse, because Job's not saying God willed the evil or did the evil. Okay? Job is saying, my perspective is, is even if God did will this to happen to me, I accept the situation because I've accepted the blessings. Now, we know that God does not will evil. The truth is, Job could have answered and said, God did not do this to me, but he allowed this to come into my life. Now I'm going to deal with it the way that he desires me to deal with it. That's a huge perspective change, isn't it? God, why'd you do this to me? To, okay, God, you allowed this. Now what do I have to do? How should I respond? What should my perspective be? Because I will tell you, and you all know this, it's easy to follow God when everything is going perfectly. But the true test of how faithful we are is when things are not perfect. The true test of how faithful we are is when things are not perfect. That's the same thing, that, that is the same thing with complaining. It's easy not to complain when things are going well. I can't complain. Things are going well, right? But the true test is when things are not going well, do you complain? When things are not going well, do you complain? Another issue of perspective is this. 
Now, this is, might be foreign to some of you, but do you really expect this life to be perfect? Do you expect this life to be perfect? Maybe you grew up and everything was done for you. Everything was perfect and everything was great and your parents were great and everything was... And then all of a sudden, you get to a certain age and things kind of start to go south. And you're like, wait, I'm the golden boy or I'm the golden girl. Everything's supposed to go perfect for me. Well, do you really expect that things are going to be perfect for you? If you do, let me just tell you this. You haven't been reading your Bible. Because when we read our Bible, we understand that things do not go perfect in this world. Things will never be perfect in this life. We're destined for perfection, but it's not happening in this life. So anything we struggle with, basically, we have to change our perspective. Now, let's look at the perspective of Jesus. It says, he was oppressed... He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus did not complain when he was dying for us, for us sinners. Now, let me help you understand that a little bit better. We are sinners in need of a Savior, correct? You've heard me say that every week forever, right? But... Do you realize that being sinners, the Apostle Paul says we put ourselves at enmity with God, meaning we are God's enemies in our sin. And the Apostle Paul says it's pretty rare that somebody would die for a good person, but it's like unheard of to die for your enemies. That's what Jesus was doing. He was dying for us sinners, his enemies, to save his enemies, to save the ones who sinned against him. And guess what? The way he did it was he didn't complain. He wasn't like, oh man, these people? Seriously? He didn't complain at all. So the scriptures teach us this. We are sinners in need of a savior. Jesus died in our place for our sins. Three days later, he rose from the grave to prove that he is God. And the scriptures tell us this. All who believe will have eternal life. The point is Jesus did not complain. And we could argue that he had a good reason to. See, many times our perspective is, I can complain because this stinks. And then we agree with those people, like, yeah, you can complain. I mean, you should complain. I mean, it, it does stink. But the truth is, our perspective should be, I'm not going to complain, even though this stinks, because complaining is not helpful. It's unproductive. It's unhealthy for me. It makes me a bad testimony. And it's displeasing to God. God does not look and say, yeah, I'm pleased with you. You spent your day complaining. There's work to do. There's work to be done. And for us as believers, when we're complaining, we're missing the boat. So if our perspective's changed and we're not complaining, you might be wondering, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> okay? it, complaining's fun. I spend a lot of time doing it. Okay, What am I supposed to do? Well, Here's what you're supposed to do, we're supposed to do, is we're supposed to praise. See, our complaints stand in the way of our praise. If we spend our lives complaining at work, complaining about money, complaining about people, complaining about situations, what we don't have, what we want, what we wish could be, what we wish couldn't be, if we spend our time complaining about all those things, we do not live a life of praise 
and we miss out on opportunities God has for us. You get that? We miss out on opportunities God has for us. I'm going to share a little illustration with you. Some of you might have heard of this motivational speaker. His name is Nick Wojcik. He has a ministry called Life Without Limbs. I've used him as an illustration before. The guy was born with no arms and no legs. And he's in ministry. He goes and he talks to people about the Lord and about his perspective. He said this, I have the choice to be angry at God for what I don't have or to be thankful for what I do. Now, that's very powerful coming from that man, isn't it? Because I know I'm standing here thinking, man, if I had no arms and legs, I'd have a lot to complain about. I would probably spend a lot of my life complaining, feeling sorry for myself, thinking of all the things that I couldn't do, thinking of how could this possibly happen to me? What am I supposed to do in my life? Well, I'm sure he went through a lot of those issues. In his testimony, he talks about some of those things. But he realized, you know what? I can complain about this and nothing's going to change. Or I can live a life of praise. And God has used him to bring the gospel message to literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. His testimony of serving the Lord resounds. Like people, like it, there's power in the things that he says because of his situation. So now the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. What circumstances? All of them, okay? All of them. The stinky ones, the ones that we didn't ask for, the ones that have been inflicted by others, the ones that we inflicted on ourselves. All those circumstances, we have to start to say, like, you know what, I can complain about this, or I can give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you're wondering what God's will is? Well, one of those is this. Give thanks in all circumstances. So now when we look at a circumstance, situation, something's going on at work with people around us, with possessions, with money, whatever it is, then we have to look and say, you know what? How can I use this for God's glory? How can I give thanks for this? How can I see his hand in this? How can I use this? to bring glory to him. And Paul says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. Lord, we're thankful for everything you've done for us. And forgive us for our complaints, Lord. Because we wage complaints over so many things. Things that are terrible, things that are good. We complain. We look for opportunities to complain oftentimes. So I pray, Lord, that our perspective would change. That we would look to who you are and what you've done and what you've created us for. And that we would live a life of praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.